Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, people just doing really cool things in their space. And uh, uh, we've talked to CEOs. If you've been listening for a while, we've talked to high-level athletes. We talk to professionals. We talk to other people just doing really cool things in their space. And I know we have one of those today as well. Um, just before we jump into the interview, um, one of the things that uh, we wanted to highlight is is the launch of um, Epitome Sportswear, which has uh, combined with us uh, over the last little bit to get prepared for that. Um, they are uh, a, a line that's that's basically designed to help unlock your full potential and perform at your best. And, and like us here at uh, Big Idea, Big Moves, that isn't just sports. It could be a whole bunch of different things. And, and so they believe in whole life success. So whether it's um, just feeling comfortable during a tough workout, enjoying the fresh air on a, on a walk, um, or it could be um, being in a, a cold arena, watching your daughter play a really big game. And, and so, um, you know, the clothes that you'll find is, are created to make you look great, feel amazing, and perform at your best. They use live fully, life fully as, as their kind of motto. And, and the other thing that actually is really important to us is that they also like to give back to the community that they serve. So they're working to impact the inequities in opportunity for girls and women in sports. So for that reason, a portion of their profits go directly to organizations and initiatives that support girls in sports. So uh, check them out. It's Epitome Sportswear, um, E-P-I-T-O-M-E sportswear.com. Um, and uh, hopefully you'll find something there that you like. Um, so today uh, I've got Kelly Kaufman here and she is the chief human capital officer with the NBA's Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Kelly has held various leadership roles before joining the Bucks as VP of HR back in, I think, 2014. Um, she's since seen the team win an NBA championship, uh, grow its brand presence both locally and, and internationally, and, and spearheading the staffing and development of a, a new facility. Um, and all of that kind of happening also during a global pandemic, which is this extra little thing that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit. Um, so first of all, thanks for joining us, Kelly. I, I know uh, you're probably pretty busy right about now, but um, thanks for taking the time with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk all this stuff through with you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you know, why don't we talk a little bit about your own personal career path? Um, you know, just tell me a little bit about, I mean, you're in a role that a lot of people think it was probably a pretty cool role. Um, but, you know, let's talk a little bit about how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it, it is a cool role that that I'll talk through how, how I fell into it. Um, but I'm local girl. This has been my team my whole life. Um, so I've been very fortunate to see it go from not so successful to the pinnacle of the sport um, over the time that I've been here and, th- and throughout my, my lifetime as a, as a fan. So um, I went to Marquette University studied psychology, um, and have worked in HR my entire career. I've been very fortunate that I, I found something that I love at a very young age um, from my professional career-wise and really had the opportunity to work in a lot of different um, industries. So I worked in um, uh, county government. I actually interned um, with the Kenosha County Personnel Department was one of my, my first um, I went from there. My first job was working for an internet marketing company, um, doing some email marketing. 
And then I went into manufacturing from there. So um, a lot of manufacturing background in my career. It holds a special place in my heart for sure. Um, And really throughout that time and with all in different industry and in different um, size organizations, I had um, the ability to be able to learn the field from, from top to bottom. And I knew at that point that I wanted to be a generalist. And I didn't want to be um, in a very specific part in HR that kind of limited the scope of what I was able to do day to day. So I found my sweet spot is a smaller company um, where I am able to kind of manage that breadth of, of everything HR has to offer from compensation to benefits to performance management, learning and development, a little bit of everything. So um, I worked my way up um, within my field throughout that period of time with the, with the different organizations that I that I worked for. I worked for um, Bombardier, where we um, manufactured outboard motors um, at our local facility here in Sturdivant, Wisconsin. So that was a very fun industry to be in as well, where you're creating a, an event for people. I mean, their recreation and the things that they're doing in their free time. Um, I went from there to work for Racine Federated, which was a flow meter company. Um, So selling technology um, that manages the flow of either liquids or gases through a certain um, flow meter that we would manufacture and, you know, um, different types of of industry that we worked in with that as well. So that was about a 120 person company. We were bought by Badger Meter, um, which was a much larger company that that manufactured water meters, um, specifically residential water meters. And they were bringing us on because we had more of the industrial type of of equipment that we were selling. Um, So I went to a larger group that had many more um, different operational facilities throughout the country and in Mexico as well. And they had some global facilities as well. So um, really had an opportunity to do, again, a little bit of everything on the employee relations side. Um, But this job came up, posted actually on Milwaukee Jobs um, with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I thought, well, I'm I'm probably never going to hear about this again, but I'm going to apply for it. Um, I've been a fan my whole life, like I said, but that was such a small portion of of why I thought what a cool opportunity that would be. I knew nothing about the sports industry at all. Um, Applied for the job. It was fortunate enough to to get it. And I think one of the draws was that I did have a background that was very diverse in the different components of HR that that I managed. Um, We're a small company of 330 full-time employees where all of the the heads of the different departments that we have do everything from start to finish. So, you know, we'll file our, the president of our team, Peter Fagan is amazing. He'll be picking up napkins on the concourse, every game that we have or every event that's going on to make sure that our service levels are are where we expect them to be. Um, So that was a a benefit for me um, coming into working at sports was that I, I was able to do a little bit of everything. So I was the first HR employee that the team had ever had in 2014. So I was able yeah. to build the department from the ground up. Um, and now we own and operate um, not only Pfizer Forum, but we have a G League team, the Wisconsin Herd. We have an esports team, Bucks Gaming. We just opened our first standalone restaurant, the Cluckery in Mequon, Wisconsin. We sell chicken tenders. Um, And that came about during the pandemic when we were trying to find different ways to keep our business running um, while we had no basketball in play. 
And of course I support the world champion Milwaukee Bucks from an HR perspective. So a lot going on within the organization, going from just being an NBA team that was a tenant in a building to owning and operating all these other entities that we have under our umbrella at this point. Now, I know that you've you've had a lot of things happening over the last little while, especially so with COVID and also some of the some of that build also means that you're having to, you know, hire people quickly, but at a time where there's a lot more probably rules or different things you have to do around that. It, was that a was that a challenge for you? I mean, is that something that you really had to tackle the last little while? Yeah, I mean, we went from a time when, you know, we were playing well in the building. We actually had a concert. We had the Lumineers at Pfizer Forum on March 11th when everything shut down. And we went from having a completely full venue to scaling everything back that we were doing. So we laid off staff. Unfortunately, we had to furlough our employees. Um, And so we went from that to playing in the bubble um, where we did have a lot of our staff go down to support the team while they were in Orlando um, playing to then having to kind of ratchet up operations in Pfizer form again. So it's like for us, Wisconsin people winterizing your, your cabin for the year when you, when you shut it down for the summer and then opening it back up again. Um, so it was a, a challenge. We had to go and see, you know, of the employees that we had furloughed, hopefully we were able to bring them back. If we weren't, how did we go out and, you know, recruit new talent? It was a challenge and an interesting situation doing interviews via Zoom like this, um, you know, where you don't have that feel of being able to meet a person and have them be able to show them, you know, your office space, your arena, the the place that they're actually going to work. I mean, we hired a lot of people who never saw their desk until September when we came back into the office for the first time. So it was a challenge, a lot of rules. Um, The NBA does an amazing job with ensuring the the safety of our players and our coaches and and our staff. Um, And so there are a lot of different parameters that we have in place, especially with anyone who's interacting with a player. Um, We're a fully vaccinated staff um, on our full-time side and and, uh, working on that towards our part-time staff as well, because there is so much interaction with people who, you know, if we lose a player, it is a huge impact when you only have 15 guys on the roster um, with, you know, it it changes the dynamics of everything that we do. So safety is is of utmost importance to us. So we work directly with the league and, and with the city of Milwaukee to make sure we're following, you know, the appropriate guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and those are the things that so many companies uh, the last little while have had to muddle their way through, but probably your industry more than, more than most. Um, and one of the things you mentioned is how you, um, you know, the, the team has gone from, um, you know, maybe not a tons of success to suddenly being kind of, you know, the top team and also one of the top teams moving forward all the time. Um, you know, th- there's a there's kind of a winning culture that's been built on the court that way. How do you translate that and, and also make it real to the support folks that, um, you know, are, it, it's they have different roles than obviously the players do, but but that culture I think probably has to have some connection does that how, how do you do that as as kind of that head of of people for for that group yeah well it starts with our mission statement is to become the most successful diverse and inclusive sports and entertainment company in the world so we've said from the beginning seven years ago when when ownership changed of this team it was going to be we're going to be the best for winning the championship. If you're working here, that's our goal is, is to win the championship, have our building programmed for 200 days a year. 
um, you know, try new things. And I think the beauty of what we've done this whole entire time was be risk takers, be innovators, open to any idea that we could ever possibly have. So when we hire people and we bring them on board, I think that entrepreneurial spirit is something that we look for in the employees that we hire and we let them do their job. And so it really gives people the opportunity and the, you know, the autonomy to be able to own their work. And, you know, we highlight, we support, we champion that as much as we can. And, and I think that that has made all the difference in the world. And, you know, it, when the team is winning and, and it's been from the basketball staff all the way down, Buck's DNA is what we look for in every single person that we hire from a, a player to, you know, anyone else that we have on the staff that they want to win. And so, you know, we feel it in what we do every day is how the team performs and how we can support them and make them successful as to, you know, when we have an, a new act coming into Pfizer form to play for the first time, how are we going to make sure that they come back and we're on their tour routing going forward? So all of that, I think there's pride in that work. Um, you know, again, when people have that autonomy and that ability to do things like that themselves, that's really carried through throughout the organization. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, you know, being diverse and making sure that that's a priority for the organization as well. Um, you know, I, I think sports in general has has been kind of really kind of having to push that forward a little bit because it maybe is in the past has been a pretty traditional environment. And um, have you have you found that? And how, um, you know, how have you how have you really kind of tackled that to make sure that, um, you know, what might have been a, a, you know, traditional sports environments that they start to kind of, you know, move uh, move forward and move forward relatively quickly. Yeah, we've done a few things. Um, we started a diversity leadership council um, last year, which is made up of employees throughout the organization who are the leaders that, you know, come forward with ideas and how can we be better with our policy, with our process, um, you know, with the things that we do to make sure that we do have different ideas heard. Um, it only makes us better the more voices that we have and the more different types of voices that we have, you know, things that we would have never thought of um, are able to come to the forefront. We want to foster an environment where people can speak, um, you know, that kind of piece and, and talk things through. So we did that. Um, we started some employee resource groups as well. And on my team, we've hired a diversity, equity, and inclusion outreach manager. So we've kind of structured it a little bit different, I think, than some other organizations have done. We, we look at our organization as a whole and we look at what voices do we have and what are we missing? And his responsibility is to go out there, as, as you can imagine, as a sports team and as running an, an entertainment company, when we post a job, we're never at a loss for candidates to apply. Right. However, we've kind of taken a step back and are refreshing how we do all of that, where his responsibility is to go in and see, okay, here's the candidate pool. What are we missing? Where are we not getting our message out to? What groups, what organizations, what different types of people haven't seen what we're looking for and how do we make sure that they do and they get an opportunity to be able to apply for a position here. So it's been a, a real change in how we recruit and, and how we look at the people that are coming into the organization. And it's been absolutely refreshing and embraced by the organization. And, you know, we're kind of it, like I mentioned, it's a little bit of a, a unique role that a lot of other organizations don't have to look at it from that perspective. And we've kind of been learning as we're doing it but it's been really, really enlightening and a lot of fun to be able to, to reach some audiences that we've never had the chance to before. Because it it's now a push instead of a pull. I mean, 
we were just waiting for everyone to come to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is, it is interesting that it's, it's like, um, I mean, if you don't have the right diversity at the front end of the talent pool, you won't by the time you're done. So, uh, I mean, I find that uh, it's an interesting way to do it and, and pretty innovative. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, when you are, um, I guess that's the one thing, because you probably had to ramp people up very quickly again when you did that. I mean, I know some people were probably brought back and things like that. But it, when you're hiring very quickly and, and um, there are a lot of people listening who might have startups even and things like that, where they have to hire a lot of people very quickly. How do you um, or, or how do you personally look at uh, trading off, you know, doing things quickly and then making sure that you have the right quality? You know, how did how were you able to do that yourself? And, and are there any tips that you'd have for other people about how you make sure that um, one doesn't overtake the other? Yeah, it, that's always the the recruitment, you know, yeah, it's the challenge. <laughs> it is a challenge and it's an art. It's not a science. That's for sure. And every position is different and every manager is different. And I do think that, you know, what we just touched on with, with the outreach piece has really helped our managers to kind of take a step back and say, yeah, we'd love to have some of these positions filled immediately, but we want the right person for the position. And I think that that comes from the top to our team president is going to say, yeah, you guys can hire somebody as fast as you want, but let's be thoughtful about it and make sure that we have the right person for the role. So that's been helpful. Um, on the arena side, um, I have the most incredible team um, that works with me that that supports our arena and that supports all, all of our organization. Um, from an HR perspective, they're unbelievable. And, and they're, it's a machine um, on the arena side when it comes to recruiting. We have about 1,200 part-time positions um, that work in the arena between all the different um, businesses that we run. And there it is, you know, how do you follow the guidelines of what's important for you and with the speed, you know, and, and you know, the agile-ness that you need to have. So we've tried a whole bunch of different things. We do job fairs, we do, you know, different, we're very fortunate that we have the ability from an outreach perspective on what we're looking for that, Everyone wants to hear what we have. So yeah, radio, yeah. TV, social, you know, we're, when we post things like that, people do see them. So that's been super helpful. Um, we have a, a new bilingual talent acquisition specialist who's amazing, who has done some Spanish radio for us too now. So we're trying different avenues of, of how do we reach people, you know, and how quickly we need to turn it around. Different parts of the season need different staffing levels for us too. So um, you know, the, the playoffs and when we have a lot of people and, and everyone saw the tens of thousands of people at, at the Deer District uh, surrounding the arena, um, you know, we really had to staff up very quickly for those types of roles. And in that case, it's more about, you know, the speed um, and, and how quickly we can get people onboarded. So we, we had to get creative with some of that, too. And, and we always make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that's uh, so um, you know that I'm in Toronto, and I I just think of how different it was when when uh, the Raptors went. How much? How many people came into downtown Toronto, and being able to ramp up for that is is pretty amazing. You know, I think a lot of people might not realize how many people have to be involved to make sure that that works. So, um, uh, the the other part is you, you've you've talked about how those things can happen. How about you personally? Um, you know, when, when things are busy, I mean, during playoff time and things like that, where, where I'm sure, you know, you're pearl, pulled a whole bunch of different directions at different times and odd times because of, you know, when games are and things like that. Um, how do you create some balance for yourself? Um, you know, whether it's your personal life and your work life and all of those other things, what, 
what do you do to try to to uh, manage that, I guess? Yeah, it's hard. And I think we all learned a lot about ourselves too, going through the playoffs and, and our, this was our first time in the NBA finals and managing that and the pressure that comes with that. And it was, it was a lot. Um, I think one of the cool things about this job is that we do have the opportunity to, to share it with the people that we love who are able to come to games with us, which is, is a huge help because you do get a little bit of a break and you get your support network yeah, there yeah. too. I always tell people if I'm getting a call and I'm on, on duty during a game that we got a big problem. over my eight seasons I probably you know I can count a handful of times when it's been the SOS we need you down here now kind of a situation but um, I am at most games and um, I I love that being able to to share that but I also again work for someone who is incredible about making sure that we all take care of ourselves and you do have to step away and you do have to shut it down and, and not take a call sometimes and the interesting thing about the job too, is it really goes over into your personal life as well, because everyone, you know, is so excited for you when you get to a point of being in the NBA finals. And it's something that you're talking about all the time. So I think we do a good job of telling people like, take it away. I think with COVID it's made it even more difficult because you are conditioned now to be on all the time. Um, and you know, I, I've always tried to, you know, give myself that personal space. And, um, I have a 16 year old son who plays basketball and a 14 year old daughter who swims. And when I'm at those events, I am not on duty, you know, and, and I think that my colleagues know that and respect that. And and the same goes for them, you know, when they need their time, we let them step away and, and you just have to, to soak it all in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have, um, as you've come up through this or whether it's personally or professionally, um, have you had a mentor? Do you have specific people that you think, wow, they really made an impact on me either from how I, how I manage other people or how I manage myself. Do you have somebody or people like that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the president of Racine Federated, his name is Dave Perkins. Um, We still get coffee at Panera eight o'clock in Racine, um, you know, every so often on a, on a day, you know, during the month where, where we'll just check in and he's been a wonderful professional mentor to me where I can say like, Hey, what do I do about this? Or I've had this issue. I, I, you know, I'm not certain how to handle it. Um, I also work with a team here. This is, this is such a rare thing that I think that we all just absolutely love about working together here is that this executive team here is so respectful of one another and are so incredibly close that this is not the type of organization where there are people kind of sniping at one another or trying to to step on toes to take credit for something or we do not operate in that capacity at all. So if there's something that I'm stuck with, I can think of, you know, four people off the top of my head that I can call and just say like, I'm not certain how to manage this you know, what do we do? And, and I think we operate like that in our HR team as well. It's, it's a very close knit group. We do everything together. It's bouncing ideas off of one another all the time. We have each other's back for everything that we do. And I, and I think that just makes this such an unbelievable place to work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it does make a difference if you can be kind of open with each other and a lot of places don't have that. That's why I, I think being in a small team, it is a really kind of uh, uh, a cool thing to have that experience where, um, you know, you have a, 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 a different way of approaching things because everybody's working on everybody else's stuff all the time. It's not so so specific to an area. Um, you know, so one of the things that um, 
um, you know, I, I like to ask is, is, is there an achievement so far? Because there's lots of things I'm sure that you've, you've done. Is there an achievement um, that you are particularly proud of or something that you think, wow, this is, this is one, if I'm, if I'm saying what I'm most proud of at this point of my career or my life, this would be a big one. What, what would that be for you? Yeah, so there are two. Um, one was opening Pfizer Forum. I mean, hands down, you are taking something from nothing. I mean, we hired over a thousand people in a two month period of time. Like I said, my team is just extraordinary. And you're coming up with putting processes together that don't exist. So, how are you going to run a job fair that's going to have 800 people coming to it? And you know, they're, they're amazing. And it was planned top to bottom, left to right. We all pitched in, we worked a lot, got all these people through the process and were able to open the building. I mean, it was an overwhelming, unbelievable feeling when we had the killers open the building. And when they came on stage for the first time, it was, there were a lot of tears because you just, you, that relief of we are now all this work for the last two years of building this building and, and the HR side of it is a little bit unique in that, you know, you're filling positions who are going to be running the building from a full-time employee pool to open it and, you know, make sure all the systems are in place and whatever. But from a part-time side, we couldn't hire a lot of those people until a month or two before we opened the building. So it was kind of like we were in the eye of the hurricane a little bit. We had everything ready and we were ready to go, but we couldn't do it yet. Yeah. Um, You know, so to see people in the building and all the policies and all the processes and and the artwork and the every everything from top yeah, to bottom yeah. and to see it in action for the first time was amazing very cool and very cool you know secondly winning an nba championship is like nothing you would ever ever imagine i mean it was just pure elation a complete yeah, joy yeah. Yeah. and to be able to ride on a parade float and i mean that was that was the best day of my life being able to be with the people that you care about again. And, you know, you're looking down the Wisconsin Avenue and it is a sea of people who are just out of their minds, excited. And, and it was just crazy fun. Yeah. 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 Something you'll, you'll remember forever and probably yeah. will never kind of match. Even if you were to do it again, no. it's never the first. So no, it's funny. Cause we've talked about that quite a bit here with, you know, uh, colleagues and it's like, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's the first time. Yeah, yeah, very. Good news cool. is now we know what to do. So the yeah, next yeah, yeah, now it, it'll be easier to run. But yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> absolutely it. So, um, so one of the things we ask everybody, Kelly, is to um, a, a couple of things that people listening could could maybe take action of right away, or at least kind of be able to take a couple of tips away. Um, one of the things is, is, and you mentioned how there's lots of times where you have these stressful times where people are under heavy deadlines, your team. I mean, maybe it's recruitment for you, but everybody else has those times with their team. Um, are there two to three things that, that you would just uh, say are kind of keys to bring the team together at a time when it's really stressful or really, really busy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do have a lot of those. And, and, you know, like when we're getting ready for the season, you know, getting ready to go. And, and as I mentioned, my team is very close knit. We do a lot of stuff together and I try to make sure that they have some time first for themselves. Like we talked about, cause you, you can't keep doing it all. Um, I think the beauty of what we've built here is that we have built a team that's able to hop in for somebody else at a moment's notice. And, you know, if somebody's overdone or they need a hand or they need help, anyone's going to jump in 
any level, any group, you know, anybody is going to take that over to be able to help and to get some relief for someone. Um, we also love to do a bunch of things together outside of work then too, so that we can have that time to de-stress. We just did the pedal tavern a couple of weeks ago. So we yeah, took an yeah. afternoon and went out and went from bar to bar in Walker's Point here in Milwaukee and just had some time together to just, you know, enjoy being away from work and, and celebrate the season starting and, and, you know, having things be ready to go. So yeah. I also yeah. like, I think it's important too, to, you know, you know, your team better than anyone else to be able to individualize what's important for each person. You know, I have people who would love to be recognized in front of the team and in front of the company for the work that they do. And I have others who that would not be a motivation for them at all. Yeah, exactly. So I think you just need to know what that is. And, and I try to make sure that they get that individual attention and, and make sure that they're getting what they need in order to be successful in their job. Yeah, no, I mean, great tips, I, I think, for any of them. And the, the good thing is they do cross every industry. It doesn't matter if you're in, in the industry you're in or if you're just somebody who has a small team in a, um, you know, in a small shop in a downtown core. So, um, you know, I, again, thanks for that. If people are trying to, if they want to follow kind of, you know, what you're doing and, and what your organization's up to, what would be some of the best ways to do that, Kelly? I would go in. I'm, I'm happy to talk to anyone via LinkedIn. Um, our LinkedIn page as well puts a lot of background into, um, you know, what we're doing from an organization perspective with regards to our employees and how we're recruiting and what, you know, activities that we have going on. Our, our DE&I outreach manager manages our LinkedIn page. So please reach out there. Obviously, Bucks.com. And all of our Twitter and Instagram and, you know, we're everywhere from a Bucks perspective. So you can get online and watch Giannis's best dunks. <laughs> we had a couple good ones last night. So, yeah. um, you know, you can get on and see the plays. Team was just visiting the White House. There's a lot of great content there for people to be able to see, too. First time since 2017, I believe, that, that we've had a team, professional sports team, visit the White House. So they yeah. did it. It's a proud moment. And yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we'll make sure that what we do in the show notes is we'll make sure that those links are there. So if anybody, I'm sure people will be able to find it, but uh, if not, we'll put the links in there. People can go right through to it. And uh, again, you know, uh, you, you shared some really, really interesting stuff and um, appreciate you taking the time for us, Kelly. Really great uh, discussion. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. And, and everybody else, uh, make sure that you uh, hit subscribe on the podcast right now so that uh, you can hear other great guests. We have uh, great people on every week. Um, and uh, again, you know, we will talk to everybody again in about a week's time on uh, Big Idea, Big Moves. <laughs>